All right. I'm going to begin with a question. When I say the word discipline, what comes into your mind? And I would say most people think discipline is something to be dreaded. It's, it's a drudgery, self-denial, something that takes all the fun out of life. They think of discipline as a bondage that steals all their freedom and all their joy. And today I want to show you that nothing could be farther from the truth. It's actually the lack of discipline that takes the fun out of life. It's the lack of discipline that steals our freedom, destroys our dreams, and ruins many people's lives. Think about it. How many undisciplined do you know that, do people do you know that have really accomplished a lot in life? They're the ones who want to make a lot of money, but they don't want to have to discipline themselves to work. They want a degree and make good grades in school. They don't want to discipline themselves to study. They want to their marriage to work, but they want to discipline them. They don't want to discipline themselves to do any work to make the marriage work. And they just go away saying, "Well, that one didn't work," and they go to the next one, and that one didn't work, and none of them work because they don't have the discipline to work it. They want to know God without this discipline of spending time with God, of praying, of reading their Bible. In short, they want to they want to reap a harvest without sowing any seeds. But the truth is, discipline does not steal our freedom or our, our joy. Discipline actually leads to freedom and joy. I hope, this, I hope you can get this today as I preach this message called the freedom of discipline. We've been preaching on discipleship all year long. Do you know that the word disciple and the word discipline come from the same root words? I mean, they're almost spelled the same. A disciple is one who learns. Not just for information, but for life transformation. A disciple is somebody who sits at the feet of another to learn what they know, to learn what they know, but then to become who they are. And that takes discipline. It takes training. It takes correction. One of the forms of discipline is correction or, or, or punishment when things go wrong to help get us back on, on the right track. And, and, and discipline is the act of consistent study, training, and correction that result in learning and growth and self-control. See, discipline involves self-control. A, a disciple is disciplined. And we sometimes think of self-control, we think, no, it ought to be God-control. God should be, somehow people think God should be making me do this or making me do that. God's going to get me up. God's going to open my Bible for me and, and show me what to read. God, uh, God's going to do everything for me. God's going to give for me. God's going to study for me. I'm not going to study. I'm just going to pray that I get a good grade. We think God should be doing it all, and then so when it doesn't happen like we think it ought to, then who do we blame? We blame God. We eat whatever we want. We don't exercise, and then sometimes later we get sick and we blame God. Well, why did God allow this? Well, we're not taking care of our own bodies. 
People have unprotected sex with multiple people, and then they blame God when they get an STD. They blame God. It's God's fault. But here's a point I want you to get today. Either we discipline ourselves, or we will be disciplined. It's one of the things parents have to teach children. Discipline. And if they don't discipline themselves, parents, your role is to discipline them, to help them learn. And that's God's role as Heavenly Father in our life. And so many people think, I don't want to be disciplined. They don't want to submit to any discipline. And they go through life thinking, I don't have to be disciplined. But at some point in time, somebody will discipline you. It's been said that discipline is what we need the most and what we want the least. And it's one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons so many marriages end up in divorce, so many students quit school, so many people quit jobs, so many Christians abandon their faith, uh, they just don't have the discipline to stick with something. And you know, there, there's a thing called habits, and there's good habits and there's bad habits. There's, there's good habits that you can develop in your life through self-discipline. If you read the Bible, you think about going to church. Going to church is a, a, is a, is a good habit. Some people got out of that habit during the pandemic, they just got out of it. They were church-going people their whole life, two years off of, from it or whatever. They, they got out of the habit. And, but the Bible says Jesus, you can look it up on your own. I won't give you the verses. But Jesus ha- said that the Bible says he went to the synagogue as was his habit. Apostle Paul went to the synagogue as was his habit. There are good habits like praying, reading your Bible, eating right, exercising, going to church. All those things are are good habits. And when we don't have them and when we don't discipline ourselves, we don't advance far in life. Because everything in life requires some sort of discipline. Whether it's hitting a baseball, climbing a mountain, making good grades, losing weight, growing in your faith. It all requires discipline. Now listen, the Bible compares a Christian life to running a race. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. You can turn there, and we'll always have the passages on the screen. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Are you running to win? Are you even running? Are you kind of moseying through life? Or are you running the race? Listen. All athletes are disciplined in their training. I just thought of this, just came to my mind right now here. Veronica, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Veronica's from Belarus, that was part of the old Soviet Union, but when she was a child, she was a, a swimmer. And as a swimmer on the Soviet team, she had to work out twice a day for hours. And they actually, these kids, and we do it here in the United States too, where they, they go to these places to live, and, and their whole life it, it revolves around swimming. They do it in the morning, they do it in the evening, they, yeah, they go to school and all, but the, their diet's controlled, they're, they're, when they go to bed, when they get up, all these things, it's very a very disciplined environment. That's where the champions go. That's where the great ones go. The rest of us are laying on a floaty in the YMCA pool. They're disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize. 
Think about what people go through to win a medal. Spending years of their life every day, every hour to training to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Isn't that good? So I run with purpose in every step. Listen to that. Run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Now listen to this. This is the Apostle Paul. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, to others I myself might be disqualified. In this pas- passage, Paul is illustrating how life is like a race, and athletes who run a race have got to be extremely disciplined and trained rigorously. They give up certain foods. They give up certain activities. And in the end, all they win is a crown or a medal that, that will not last. But we run this race for a crown of life that will last forever. That's why we discipline ourselves. So God can use us whenever, however, with whoever that he wants so that we can win the prize of the high calling in, in Christ Jesus. And we can't do this if we lack self-discipline because there will always be things that distract us if we let them. The enemy will always have something to distract us from what we want to do. Yes, we're supposed to be training, but there's something on TV that we want to binge watch. Yes, there's something we should be training, but there's somebody else that wants us to do something else. And so we get tempted to quit, to give up, and to take the easy way through life. And many people have goals that will never be reached and visions that will never materialize simply because they lack discipline. And they're going to look back on their life and say, I never accomplished this and I never accomplished that. And they can blame God and whoever else they want to blame. But ultimately, as Pogo said, we met the enemy and he is us. You can't become a doctor without the discipline of years of study. You can't become a great musician without years of discipline and of hours of practice. You can't accomplish anything great in life without a discipline because discipline is simply doing the things that need to be done when it needs to be done in order to bring about the desired results. And notice Paul said the lack of discipline results in the discipline of God. This is Paul talking and saying, hey, I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want that it literally means to be set on the shelf. It's like God says, okay, you did it for a while, but now you're not disciplined anymore. You're not doing what you need to be doing. I'm going to set you aside, and I'm going to use somebody else. God's still going to get his plan done. It's whether or not he's going to get it done through you or not. And so Paul says, if we don't discipline ourselves, God will discipline us. Now listen, one of the Greek words for discipline is to be of sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Some of you have memorized that and quote that and, and fight the spirit of fear with that, and you should. And to have a sound mind also means to have a disciplined mind. In fact, the NIV translates this verse like this. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a, a, a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God gives us a spirit of self-discipline, and that discipline results in freedom. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that, that the purpose of discipline is just discipline itself, that we're just going to discipline ourselves just so we're disciplined. But there is a purpose in discipline. Paul said it, every step I, I run, I do it with a purpose. And it wasn't just, I'm going to run, I'm going to train, just so I can say, I look at me, I'm a disciplined person. 
No, he said, I've got a purpose, and that's to become like Christ. It's to fulfill the call of God in my life. It's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the purpose of, uh, of discipline is not discipline itself. The purpose of discipline is freedom, not the discipline itself. Listen, every discipline has a corresponding freedom. If you discipline yourself to pray, you'll enjoy the freedom of answer prayer. If you discipline yourself to study, you'll enjoy the freedom of knowledge, of knowing things. If you discipline yourself to eat right and exercise, you will enjoy the freedom of good health. The freedom is the end, and the discipline is merely the process. And the moment, listen, the moment you make discipline your central focus, you get off track. All of a sudden, that becomes a law. It becomes rigid. It becomes legalistic. And then you forfeit your freedom. You have no freedom in that. You're just following laws. And discipline for the sake of discipline is just another kind of bondage. Colossians 2, 20 through 23 says, You have died with Christ. Have died, that's past tense. And he has, has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? Like don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are merely human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial. See, that's something that's just for my pride, Make me look good. And severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. I think back to people that Deb and I knew years ago who were some of the most disciplined people we ever knew. The husband studied hard and and got a degree in in psychology and and the wife worked hard and and they they both worked extremely hard. They were very disciplined. They exercised. They stayed in shape. They went to church every Sunday. They never fought with each other. And, And from all appearances, they were an ideal couple until it was discovered that one of them was having an affair. And after 37 years of marriage, they divorced and went their separate ways. And this strict discipline in their lives was based on an outward adherence to regulations. In the end, it did not touch the heart. And in the end, it did not restrain any kind of sensual indulgence. You see, it's not enough just to obey and adhere to a rigid set of rules. Uh, that, 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 that only brings death. Willpower alone is not enough. Discipline alone cannot transform you. We already saw the Bible says God gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, we have a part, God has a part. Now listen, you've got to understand this. We cannot do God's part. It's impossible. God will not do our part. We have a part. He has a part. And we both got to do our parts. Our part is to discipline ourselves, and God's part is to change us inside. If you don't believe me, think about the last time you tried to give up something. You tried to give up your favorite food. Think back when you tried to stop smoking. Think when you tried to limit your shopping or, or video games or other things you try to quit. Try to stop something you love, and, and you'll see how quickly you need God's help. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And one of the ways, listen, listen to me, one of the ways God brings freedom is by giving us self-control. We don't think like this. 
It's not the freedom to do anything. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what the fruit grows in our life. The Spirit grows in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's an ironic thing, isn't it? That God works in us to produce self-control. All of us can relate to trying to discipline ourselves and failing miserably. That's because we're trying to do it on our own. It doesn't work that way. Discipline, look at this, self-control, discipline, it's a fruit of the Spirit that's grown in us. By the way, the, the fruit of the Spirit is not a gift of the Spirit. There's a difference between the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12 and the fruit of the Spirit, Spirit found here in Galatians. Gifts are given. Right? Right? Fruit are grown. Fruit are grown. That means it takes time. That means it takes sowing seed. That means it takes pulling weeds. That means it takes pruning. That means it takes being watered by the Word. That means it takes right decisions over and over and over and repenting when you get it wrong and getting back up when you fall down. There's something that has grown over time in in our life. But there is a freedom that comes from disciplining ourselves to spend time with God and allow Him to grow His fruit in us. James James 2.12 says, Speak and act as those who are being judged by the law that gives freedom. The law that gives freedom. When people think of laws, they don't think of freedom. But there's a freedom from following God's law. He's not talking about Old Testament laws here. He's not talking about the the Jewish civil code that people had to live by. That resulted in bondage, not not freedom. It's just talking about the, the law of Christ He's talking about the law of love. And remember, the great commission of Christ tells us to obey all his commands. And freedom comes from disciplining yourself to know and do God's word and God's will. James 1, 22 through 25. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, listen, that sets you free. The law that sets you free. If you look into this perfect law of God that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, Then God will bless you for doing it, disciplining yourself to hear and do God's word. The perfect law of freedom, the perfect law of liberty results in freedom and the blessing of God. Psalm 119.45, the psalmist said it like this, I walk in freedom. Why? Because I've devoted myself to your commandments. Freedom comes from being devoted to God's commands. It's not, but listen, devotion is not a have to. 
Devotion is a want to. Devotion is love. I am devoted. I am devoted to my wife because I love her with all my heart. I am devoted to the Lord because I love him with all my heart. I am devoted to his word because I love him with all my heart. I am devoted to his commands because I love him and I know he loves me and I know his commands are for my good. And so I love it. I have a devotion for that. I have a zeal for that. And when you devote yourself to God and you dis- discipline yourself to follow his ways, it results in freedom in your life. I hope you hear me today because so many people think God's ways and God's call and God's commands are so restrictive and so they choose to be free of them. But then they end up in bondage to a substance or an activity or, or a person that's called addictions. They're addicted but they call themselves free. You know anybody like that? Oh, I'm free to do what I want. But they're addicted. They're so bound up. They're the least, least free person you know. But in your, their mind, they are free because they get to do what they want. But, but ultimately, that, that thing, that addiction, takes over their life. I know people. I know people who live life saying, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Don't look around at anybody else that you know around in this room right now. But I've had people tell me that. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I mean, that, that is, excuse me, but that's one of the stupidest statements that anybody could ever make. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. In fact, if somebody tells me what to do, that makes me more determined to do something else. Most of those times, I've known a lot of those people in my life, most of them end up being addicts. Their quest to be free of any rule or any regulation, or any boundary, they end up in this bondage of addiction, and it ends up destroying their lives. But real freedom comes from following God's ways, one of which is disciplining yourself and abstaining from those things which God says will hurt you. If God says don't do something, it's because that thing is going to hurt you. If God says do something, it's because that thing is going to help you and bless you. And listen, I am the freest physically when I discipline myself in diet and exercise, you guys have known, some of you guys have known me 20 years or plus, and my, I have always gone up and down in weight. And, and, and a couple years ago, I lost, I lost 40 pounds, and I, ke- I have kept it off because I have disciplined myself. I, I, I was, when I get undisciplined in eating and, and exercise, I get in bondage of food. But when I discipline myself to eat right and exercise, I have the freedom of, freedom of being in shape, of having good health, of being able to mow my yard in 100 degree heat without passing out. I am the freest financially when I discipline myself with money. When I just spend whatever I want without thinking, when I don't budget, when I don't think about what I'm spending, when I just charge it, charge it, charge it, I mean, I I, I get into the bondage of debt. When I'm undisciplined in finances, I'm in bondage. When I discipline myself, Pastor Deb and I have done it. We have disciplined ourselves and we have gotten ourselves out of debt. Uh, uh, We are free from it. Uh, I I am freest spiritually. Sorry, when I discipline myself to pray and, and read God's word. The, the point is, if you want to live a long life and live in freedom, not bondage, you've got to discipline yourself. Follow the ways of God because God's ways and God's truth leads to freedom and success in your life. 
And the church is full of people with good intentions, people who want to be mature Christians, people who desire to know the Word of God, but they're not willing to pay the price to achieve anything. Someone once said to a great Bible scholar, I'd give my life to know the Bible like you do. To which the Bible scholar replied, well, that's what it took. I gave my life to the study of the Word of God. So many people say, oh, I would give anything to do this. I'd give anything to play guitar like that. I'd give anything to do this. I'd give anything. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) What if anything is discipline yourself to practice, study, do what it takes for years to get there. No, what you're saying is, if I would give, I would give up anything to have a shortcut to be able to do that like you without any work involved. John Maxwell used to say, everybody wants to be in the position where I am, but they don't want to do what it took for me to get where I am. Listen, if, if you wait for the perfect set of circumstances, you'll probably wait forever. Who you are tomorrow is determined by who you, what you do today. You can't spend your life watching TV, binging on Netflix, surfing the web, playing computer games all, every spare moment and ex- expect to advance in life. Those things aren't wrong. Watch a show. Play a game. But don't sit there for eight hours every day. How you spend your time. Think of it this way. Spending your time is another way of spending your life. Spending your time is spending your life. What are you spending your life on? So many people these days are spending it on frivolous things. But we've got to learn to discipline ourselves. Two of the biggest areas we need to focus on is our health and our finances. You might think, health, finances, what's that got to do with God? Those things aren't spiritual. But God is concerned with everything in our life. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. May your spirit, soul, and body, every part of you, be kept strong and blameless until the day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. Christianity is very practical. It touches every area of life. It's not just spiritual. It's also physical and mental and emotional. And and, and the the issue is, uh, yes, certain things are more important. Obviously, the spiritual is the most important. But we've got to have, find balance in our lives. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of life that now is and, and of that which is to come. That means bodily exercise is good for a little time while, while we are on this earth. But physical, uh, spiritual exercise uh, uh, is for eternity. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, what profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose your soul or you you don't have eternal life? What does it profit if you're in great shape spiritually, but you're dead uh, physically, but dead spiritually? If you can run a marathon, but you can't walk the Christian walk, what does it profit you if you, you eat a balanced diet, but you live on spiritual junk food? See, our spiritual condition is the most important condition of our life, but it, it affects every other part of our life. What is the profit if we take care of ourselves spiritually but die 20 years premature because we don't take care of ourselves physically? What good is it if I kill myself in the process of building this church? I wouldn't even reap the reward of it. So I had to discipline myself. Back in the early days of this church, we worked so hard. Pastor Jerry and Trudy were there with us and and me and Deb, we were the main four and a few other people and we did everything. We did everything. And we we had full-time jobs. 
and we did the church. So we're having to do the church. We worked during the week and doing the church at night and, and Saturday and Sunday. And so we realized, you know, a couple of years into this, we're not ever taking a day off. And I remember Pastor Dev and I went to this retreat and, and, and they really got into the talking about keeping a Sabbath day. And, and we were ministers kind of violate that command more than anybody. Not taking a day of rest. And we had to make ourselves, we actually had to make ourselves accountable to other people, accountable to other people. Would you call us and make sure we're taking a day off every week because we weren't doing it and that was not good for us, it was not good for the church, it wasn't good for our health. And so we had to get it figured out. And God wants us to place a high priority on taking care of ourselves physically because our bodies are His temple. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Have you, haven't you learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit God gave you and that he lives within you? Your own body does not belong to you, for God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. It's not yours, it's his. So we've got to deal decisively with all the excuses we try to make for ourselves. Stop trying to look for a quick fix. Uh, Make some lifestyle changes. It takes time, but the rewards are worth it. And listen, I know some believers, they get upset because when they ever see a non-Christian get blessed, they don't understand it. I'm a believer. I'm doing all these things, and my neighbor seems more blessed than me. Now listen, sometimes they're disciplining themselves in areas and reaping the benefits of it, where you're not. The Bible talks about God reigns on the just and the un- unjust. God will bless unchristian people if they follow the right ways, the right path. Listen, if you don't take care of your yard, which is kind of hard right now, I know, it's like a desert out there. I talked to a guy yesterday at the Y, I said, you going home to mow your yard? He said, no, I'm going home to mow my hay. I mean, it's like... <laughs> If you don't take care of your yard and your neighbor takes care of theirs, even if they're a non-Christian, their yard's going to be more blessed than yours. You can be a Christian, read your Bible, go to church, but if you don't discipline yourself in eating and exercise, you're going to be out of shape. But if the non-Christian takes care of their body, eats right, exercise, they'll reap the blessing of health. You can be a Christian, read your Bible, go to church. You can even tithe, but if you don't discipline your finances... You don't budget. You spend whatever you want to spend. You have high interest debt. Your finances won't be blessed. But if the non-Christian takes care of their finances, if they discipline themselves to save, to spend wisely, to budget, they can be blessed financially. You're getting what I'm saying today. There is a freedom, that blessing that comes from discipline. So we've got to commit to it. But most, you know when most people eventually commit to it? When it's too late. I can't tell you how many husbands have come to my office at some point in time. Pastor Joe, I'm finally ready after all these years to, to go to counseling with my wife. Like, man, that's awesome. What led you to that decision? Well, she and the kids left me this week. I say, dude, where were you two years ago, three years ago? Many times we wait till it's too late. We wait until the doctor says, you better change it, you're going to die. The sooner you start, the better off you are. And listen, the more discipline you have, the more improved skills you will have, and it gives you more options in life as well as the blessing of God. So I encourage you, tap into the freedom of discipline. Discipline yourself to spend time with God in prayer and in the Word, and you'll receive the freedom that comes from the perfect law of liberty. Discipline yourself to eat right and exercise. You'll have greater freedom in your physical health. Discipline yourself to manage your money God's way, and you'll have greater freedom in your finances. Discipline yourself to have the hard conversation 
situations, in your relationships, and at work, and you'll experience freedom in, in both places. Do you get what I'm saying? There's freedom that comes from discipline, and I declare it over you in the name of Jesus that God is working in you, and this fruit of self-control and discipline will be grown in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I hope that helps you. Hey, what's God saying to you today? What's God saying to you? Maybe there's an area, and I would say there should be at least one, unless you have reached ultimate perfection yet, which I've still got a ways to go. But I would, don't be overwhelmed if you've got 20 things you need to work on. Pick out one. Ask God to help you with one. Ask God. In fact, God, I ask you to show everybody right now the one thing. What's the one thing we all need to be working on? Maybe it's, maybe it's eating right and exercise. Maybe it's handling our money. Maybe it's praying. Maybe it's a discipline in prayer. God, what is it? I'm asking you to show each and every person here today one thing you would have them focus on. And we're asking together, Lord, that you would grow the fruit of self-control and discipline in our lives. Lord, through your word, through that perfect law that brings liberty and freedom, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing one more song. We'll be dismissed. But if you need prayer for anything, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, today would be the day of salvation. If you need to be filled with the Spirit, you need healing, you need some freedom in your life, maybe there's one of these areas that you feel convicted about that I want somebody else to to pray with me, to help me. Uh, Maybe you need to pray for somebody else. Whatever it is, we want to pray with you and see God move in your life. We're going to sing one more song, and we'll be dismissed. Love you so much.